0: a sharp rebuke our text then for this evening is the verse 23 Matthew 16 verse 23 and he turned the Lord turned and said unto Peter get thee behind me Satan thou art an offense unto me For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Very quickly, let me just recap. What we considered this morning. First of all, we looked at the Lord's revelation of his sufferings. This was the first time in the Lord's public ministry, that he had, as it were, gone into some detail in telling his disciples what lay before him. We noted the place where we're told in verse 21 and from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Well, the temple was there and then the temple sacrifices were made. The Lord Jesus must go to Jerusalem because he would make the supreme sacrifice. It was only right that he would be in Jerusalem when he would lay down his life. We notice not only the place but the purpose The purpose, he must go on to Jerusalem. And at Jerusalem, the Savior said, He must go on to Jerusalem, suffer many things. There was the purpose. So the Lord was fully aware of what awaited him. The city of Jerusalem. We looked at that purpose this morning in three ways. First of all, there was the must. He must go to Jerusalem. Many times in the Gospels we read of the Lord Jesus saying what he must do. And here's one of those musts of the Master. He must go to Jerusalem. He must suffer many things. This he must do because it was prophesied that that's what he would do Isaiah 53 verses 3 and 5 Zechariah 13 and verse 7 he must because it was prophesied he must go there and suffer many things and lay down his life because not only it was prophesied but because of his people he must die for his people for without the shedding of blood there is no remission as well as the must be considered the mystery, suffered many things. None of us here, no theologian, no preacher, can enter into and fully understand what the Lord suffered when he said he must suffer many things. We are limited in knowing what he suffered. Simply by what we have in the scriptures. But to go beyond that, to enter in how the Saviour felt in those sufferings, well, they're just beyond our reach and our understanding. As well as the must, it was the mystery. you look there at those words and the Lord said he must suffer many things and there's the mystery the Lord said he must suffer many things again we cannot understand what the Lord suffered no we cannot we notice also the mission the Savior revealed to his disciples that he must suffer many things and be killed why must he be killed So they down his life for his people that was a must we could not be saved except the Lord Jesus our great sacrifice our sinless sacrifice that mm-hmm. down his life there at Calvary so we looked at the place but looked at the purpose, never looked at the promise. That he might suffer many things and be killed, but he didn't stop there. He went on to say, and be raised again the third day. The Lord spoke about the great victory, the conquering hail, the devil, and the grave. And the grave is empty. And we worship today a living Savior. So we consider this morning the revelation of the Lord's suffering. He revealed it to his disciples. Next, we have the response by the Lord's servant. How did Peter respond to what he had just heard the Savior say? once again Peter is the first to speak he's the first to speak up in response to what the Lord had just said about his sufferings and about his death and when we look at Peter and his life as it's revealed in the gospels we know that very often Peter spoke out of turn Peter would have been better to have thought about what he was about to say but no Peter wasn't one for doing that just as we read in James chapter 1 verse 19 let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to speak wrath fortunately Peter was never slow to speak and here we have another example of it when we look at what Peter said, what Peter did after the Lord revealed to his disciples what he would suffer and how he would die We notice Peter's irreverence. His irreverence. After the Lord spoke about what he must suffer and be put to death, we are told, verse 22, then Peter took him. Those words mean Peter took him aside. After having declared, the Lord to be the Christ the son of the living God Peter now deals with the Lord in a very irreverent and disrespectful way he took him to one side just the way a father would take a young child a young son take him to one side and chastise him for misbehaving that's exactly what Peter did he took the Lord to one side that's what it means he took him to the one side it's as if Peter had already forgotten what he had said when the Lord said whom say ye that I am Peter again was the first to speak and saying thou art the Christ the son of the living God had he forgotten what he said had he forgotten how he had spoken about the Lord when he took the Lord to one side to chastise him that's what he did the same person who communicated with Moses at the burning bush was the same person that Mo- that Peter took to one side? You recall how, when Pete Moses saw the bush was burning but not consumed, the Lord said to Moses, "Draw not nigh hither. Put off the shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground." God said that to Moses. Why? Because Moses. And God was speaking to Moses. Moses, you're on holy ground. And the one that spoke to Moses that day was the same one who spoke to the disciples. Christ is God. That's what Peter said. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ is God. Two distinct natures in one person. God forever Peter that day was in the presence of a divine person and just as Moses was told how to conduct himself when in the presence of God so Peter ought to have conducted himself accordingly he was in the presence of God. He was in the presence of the Lord. Instead, when Peter took the Lord to one side, he dealt with the Lord in a most irreverent fashion. It's something is very important. something needs to be emphasised particularly in these days they find that people in certain areas go to their place of worship to be entertained you get the hand clapping and the lively music it's mostly reverence listen to what the psalmist said God is greatly to be feared in the present in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence to be had in reverence of all them that are about him, Psalm 89 verse 7 I'll repeat those words God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him the way some people address the Lord address the God of heaven I think they were talking to their neighbour next door Think we're talking to our workmen? Christ is God. We are to conduct ourselves accordingly. The Lord had His disciples about Him that day, but sadly Peter did not have the reverence that the psalmist spoke about. as well as Peter's irreverence we notice also Peter's insolence it is difficult to believe just how Peter spoke to the Lord verse 22 then Peter took him again took him to one side And listen to those words, these words. And began to rebuke him. Can you believe that? Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. Notice how he addressed the Lord there. Took him and began to rebuke him saying be it far from the Lord. The word Lord is not capitalized. It ought to be. After all Peter knew who the Lord was. Peter knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. He had declared that. But he doesn't address him accordingly. And here we have Peter and he's rebuking the Lord. It is difficult to believe just how Peter spoke to the Lord in this verse 22. It's incredible. The disciple Rebuking his master. But it went beyond that. Peter just didn't rebuke his master. Peter rebuked God. Christ is God. He rebuked God. It's as if would like to say to Peter have you forgotten already those words that came from your lips what your tongue declared thou art the Christ the son of the living God and now you dare to rebuke that same person the word rebuke Peter rebuked him means to admonish It means to censure. It can mean to chide. It's hard to take in, isn't it? It's hard to take in that Peter did that. He rebuked the Lord. He admonished him. He censured him. He chided with him. This action of Peter in rebuking his Lord shows that he was angry with him. That's what what the words tell us. He was angry. Hmm. When there's anger in the heart there's no telling what the tongue will say. There's no telling what will come out of the mouth. We think of James again chapter 3 of James' epistle verse 8 that the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison a strong language but Peter didn't tame his tongue Peter didn't control his tongue that day he was unable to tame his tongue and in so doing he rebuked the Lord Peter's behaviour emphasizes the truth of someone who said the best of men are only men at best. The Lord blessed Peter when they said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Lord blessed him. There's no blessing now. No. As well as Peter's irreverence. and Peter's insolence yet Peter's ignorance we can have no doubt that Peter did not like the thought of his master suffering then being put to death but at the same time he ought not to have spoken to the Lord the way he did The Lord has said that he must suffer many things. Look at what Peter said. The Lord said he must suffer many things. Peter said, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be. This shall not be unto thee contradicted the Lord Lord said I must suffer many things Peter said be that far from thee Lord this shall not be verse 23 the Lord said what he must do but Peter contradicted him and said this shall not be In his contradicting of the Lord Peter was actually actually rejecting the work of Christ the work that Christ had come into the world to do to suffer and die for sin that's why he came into the world and there's Peter and he's contradicting he said no No, this will not be. You'll not. There's his ignorance. He didn't know why the Lord must suffer many things and be killed. He didn't know why. He was ignorant. Even though up until this point in time the Lord had Told his disciples why he had come into the world. But well, John 3.16 16 is clear enough. But evidently Peter wasn't listening. In his ignorance, Peter said, This shall not be. I hear something. Peter said, this shall not be. That word not is a double negative in the Greek language. It's a double negative. So what Peter really said was, this shall never, no, never be. Lord said, I must Go up to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed. Peter says, no, this shall never, no, never, never be. You know, Peter didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know what he was talking about. If the Lord's chosen ones were to be saved from sin and be washed in the blood then Christ must suffer many things and be killed. Peter said, no, this will never be. He was ignorant of why Christ came into the world and why Christ must suffer many things and why Christ must die. He was ignorant of all of that. But then Peter went on to say (laughs) Be it far from thee Those words Be it far from thee Those words may be rendered Pity thyself Spare thyself that's so what the Lord said. No, these things shall never, no, never be. And then the Peter said, Pity thyself, Lord. Spare thyself. You look at those words of Peter and you consider what the Lord did do. we can only say tonight oh wonderful wonderful Savior in order to save us from our sins our dear Savior neither pitied himself nor spared himself in any way he had no pity for himself. And when he went to the cross, he did not spare himself. He did not hold back. He gave us all. <clears throat> and he gathered for your and me, believe it. He had pity alright. It wasn't for himself. It was for sinners. He pitied us. Seeing us in our sins. On that broad, broad road that goes down ever downward to a lost sinner's head. Christ pitied us. That's why he said, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed. He must lay down his life. And when he went to that cross, he gave us all. Spare nothing. Remember when the Lord was in the garden It was there, as it were, under the very shadow of the cross. We mentioned it this morning. How he prayed about the cup. There in the garden he said, Father, if I be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done there you have it he did not spare himself, he did not pity himself and I don't mind repeating the words of Anne Ross's cousin again death and the curse were in our cup oh Christ was full for thee but I have drained the last dark drop Tis empty now for me that bitter cup love drank it up now blessings draft for me Peter told the Lord saying this shall not be but the Saviour knew and said that it must be If I am to redeem my people It must be So we have considered The revelation of the Lord's sufferings Also The response by the Lord's servant Now we come to the Rebuke By the Lord that was severe The Lord was not going to allow what Peter said pass by unanswered. No. You'll notice something else. When Peter uttered those words and rebuked the Lord the Lord didn't enter into a discussion with Peter. Not at all. He rebuked Peter. Bishop J.C. Ryle, First Protestant Bishop of Liverpool, England, J.C. Ryle said, Stronger words than these never fell from the Lord's lips stronger words than these never fell from the lord's lips and those words were directed at one of his own one of his own disciples in this rebuke of the Lord we see first of all the order the Lord gave an order verse 23 the Lord turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. There's the order. Get behind me. For it was as if Peter was standing in front of the Lord, trying to prevent the Lord from going to the cross and suffering many things. The Lord said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Interesting, isn't it? It's what the Lord said to Peter was exactly what the Lord said to Satan after the Lord was tempted in the wilderness. Same words, get thee behind me, Satan. So why such a strong rebuke why such a strong rebuke from the Lord to one of his servants I'll tell you why because Satan used Peter to attack the atoning work of Christ that's what Christ was going to Jerusalem to lay down his life for sinners And Satan used Peter to attack the Lord and in so doing to attack the atoning work of Christ. That's what was behind it. Satan was the influence in the language that was used by Peter. And telling Peter to get behind him, the Lord would have nothing. Listen. The Lord would have nothing. He would have no one. He would have nothing to stand before him and prevent him going to the cross. Get thee behind me, Satan. Not even an army this not even an army of devils not an army of demons would have the power to stop Christ from going to the cross and there suffering and bleeding and dying for his people bless the Lord this is the saviour we have this is the saviour he loves us hail Hell hates the crosswork of Christ. Satan hates the crosswork of Christ. And Peter spoke to Christ. Yea, he rebuked the Lord, saying, Be it far from thee. As I've said, those words may be rendered Master, spare thy son. Be merciful to thyself. Pity thyself. That's what the Lord said. No. No. The dear Savior will not spare himself. Neither would he have mercy on himself. Neither would he pity himself. Rather, his mercy. for his people the Lord had mercy on us believe me the Lord pitied us therefore he must suffer many things and be killed for his people and because of that the Lord rebuked Peter with those words get thee behind me Satan He was not for having Satan stand in his way. He was not for having Peter to stand in his way. No. The Lord would go to the cross. Suffer. Many things. Lay down his Lay it down. lay down his life that you and I may have our sins be forgiven, They have our iniquities covered, They have our sins blotted out by his precious blood. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God you think about those words looking on to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame the joy what joy how could the Lord Jesus have joy in his heart when he endured the cross and despised the shame the joy I'll tell you what the joy was the joy in knowing that through his death he was saving his people from sin and saving his people from hell. That was the joy. That's what gave Christ the joy. Don't so we have a wonderful, amazing Savior? So the order was, get thee behind me, sin. Next we see the Offense. The rebuking of Peter, the Lord went on to say, Thou art an offence unto me. And surely, believer, we never want to offend the Lord Jesus, do we? We never want to be an offence to the Lord and the cause of Christ. That word offence means thou art my hindrance thou art my hindrance oh dread the thought believer listen dread the thought that we would ever be a hindrance a hindrance to the work of God that's what the Lord was accusing Peter of stand out of the way Peter don't try and hinder me as I do the work that I have been sent to do And here was Peter. He saw it to be a hindrance to the greatest work. Listen, to the greatest work Christ ever did. That's right. The opening verses of John tells us the Lord Jesus was there in the beginning and made all things and without him nothing was made that was made. This was a greater work here greater than the Lord's work of creation and this rebuking of Peter shows how determined the Lord was to complete the work that he had been sent to do and Christ was victorious in completing that work the work that he had been sent to do Oh, just like Peter, listen. Peter said, be it far from me. It'll never, no, never be. Peter in his ignorance didn't know and didn't understand why the Lord was going to the cross. He was going there to lay down his life, to shed his blood for sinners. Remember when the Lord was on the cross, there were those gathered around the cross taunting and tempting and torturing the Lord you know something they were doing the same thing that Peter did when Peter said no this will never never be didn't realize, didn't know why the Lord went to the cross. Well, you remember those who gathered around the cross, they said to the Savior, Save thyself, come down from the cross. And we would believe it. If the Lord had come down from the cross, you and I never would have been saved. No. That's what Peter wanted. He didn't want the Lord to go to the cross. Save thyself and come down from the cross. No, a thousand times no, the Lord would finish the work that he had been sent to do. Remember in his great high priestly prayer, I have glorified thee on the earth I have finished the work which thou gave us me praise the Lord I have finished the work and in finishing that work he glorified the Father and in finishing the work he paid the price for our sins we have noticed the order getting behind me. We have noticed the offense the Lord sent out an offense unto me. We notice also how Peter was obstinate. No, he would not give heed to what the Lord said, but he rather adopted the opinion of men. Verse 23. And he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offence unto me. For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. That word savourest means to set the mind upon. Peter was not setting his mind upon the things of God he was not setting his mind upon spiritual matters he was setting his mind upon man what man would say and had said about Christ his mind was set on fleshly carnal worldly things thou art an offence unto me thou savourest not the things that be of God. There you have it again, higher than mighty fallen. After saying to the Lord that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the Lord telling Peter, man did not reveal this unto thee, but God did. And here we have Peter, He's not thinking about God now. He didn't receive any communication from God now regarding what he said to the Savior. Peter obstinately opposed Christ and took his place with the ungodly. He said what man was say because Peter has, uh, did that again later on remember warmed himself at the fire with the ungodly and with those in curses said I know not the man no wonder the Lord said to Peter get thee behind me Satan not where God where, the, where Satan wants God's people to be to live like the world to love the world John said love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man loves the world the love of the Father is not in him Nurse Peter that day in a very carnal careless way irreverently way. spoke to the Lord and rebuked him and said never know never what this will never be well it came to pass Christ did suffer many things Christ did die Christ did rise again from the dead and because he lives we shall live also there's the sharp rebuke came from the lips of the Savior Peter. the Lord bless his word to our heart let's bow and pray. Our dear Lord, we rise before Thee in all humility, in the light of what Thy word has just told us. Our dear Savior, how our dear Savior did not petty himself, nor spare himself, nor did He have mercy on himself, but the heavy. And the mercy was ours. Lord Jesus, we thank thee afresh today for going to the cross, suffering, bleeding and dying in our stead and saving us for time and for eternity. Lord, write the word upon hearts tonight. May we not soon forget this. Be with us now, dear Lord, as we part the one from the other. Take us to our homes in safety. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Abide and remain with us now. And until the day breaks and the shadows all flee away. Amen.